Welcome to the Black Psychologist Podcast, where we have conversations and give insight into human behavior and promote mental health wellness. I'm Dr. Kyle Osborne, and with my co-host, Dr. Jason Coleman, we'll discuss health topics, everyday life issues, and try to give you a better understanding of yourself, other people, and the world around you. So just sit back, relax, and hopefully you'll leave with some information that'll have you living your best healthy life. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, you're live and direct with the Black Black Psychologist Podcast. (laughs) Messing up already. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to our longtime viewers and listeners. Special hello to all our first-time folks. Hope you enjoy the ride. I am one half of your humble and gracious host, Dr. Kyle Osborne. He is I and I am him. And for those of you that have been rolling with us, you all should know that I'm never here by myself. I'm here with the one and only. This guy is the personification of true grit. All right. When I first met him, he told me blood, sweat and respect. The first two you give, the last one you got (laughs) to earn. The incredible Dr. Jason Coleman. What's going on, good brother? Oh, man, what's going on, bro? I want a happy belated Father's Day to you, man. You know what thank I mean? You, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Appreciate man, that. I'm good, man. I'm blessed and I'm stressed, you know, but it is what it is, you know? Comes along the territory, bro. Yeah, man, that's right, man. You know? Well, how, was, how was your weekend, man? How things been for you? Uh, it was good, man. Just grinding. You know, we taking care of the business outside of here. So, you know, that's really you know, taking up the majority of my time. But other than that, man, I'm just trying to enjoy a little bit of the summer, man. But, you know, chilling. What about you? Uh, I was pretty chill. You know, like you said, Father's Day was this past Sunday. So um, didn't do much. Pretty low key. Uh, you know, baby girl, I guess she's home for the summer. So she's hanging out and uh, she didn't have to work that day. So that was cool. So you know, I, I got to give her props, you know, even as a as a broke college student, you know, you remember them days, how, how it was to be. Uh, she, you know, she showed up. She actually went out and got me um, a salmon, right? Like a full, full salmon filet, because I told her that was what I was going to eat. For Father. I was gonna, you know, put that on the, you know, cook that up because that, that's my meal. Right. That's my my celebratory meal. And so I didn't know she was going to go get it. So she came home, I think, um, after after her one of her days, you know, she just come home from the gym. Right. And I got home from work. She was like. Yeah, happy Father's Day. I got you salmon, right? And I was like, yo, where did you go to the store? She was just like, nah, you know, I got it. I was like, oh, that's cool. So, that's so up, that, was, that was pretty cool. And, and she shouted me out on, on um on IG. I think she uh she had to, she posted me on the story like this like this like little montage or of, of pictures and, and me doing other unflattering stuff. So you know, All right? That's what's know, up, I, man. I take that, you know, that that's 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 love from the kids these days. So, you know, I'll take it. Well, that's what's up, man. I'm glad, you know, good glad you enjoyed the day, man. You know, that's 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 real thoughtful. You know? Happy Juneteenth to you also. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it, my brother. Happy Juneteenth to you too, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. You know, gotta gotta recognize that. You know, I think work gave gave a brother a day off this past Friday, so I'll take it. I'll recognize it. You know, I mean, I I didn't have a day off, but I hate you. Yeah, I'll listen, man. Whatever they want to give me, I'm gonna take you know. 
yeah, absolutely. Before we get started, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, for listening, continuing to support us. Uh, so continue to spread the word, continue to like, subscribe, uh, post your comments. We love the feedback. We love, uh, again, the support that you guys have been giving us. So, uh, yeah, keep it coming and run out and tell a friend. Yeah, definitely. Um, appreciate the support, right? It's been, it's been a while. Um, definitely appreciate everybody that's been hanging with us. Um, we're going to keep the content coming. Um, so we appreciate everybody that listens every week and, you know, there's a lot going on right now, but when the smoke clears, you know, we definitely going to try to, you know, put out more content, but, um, definitely appreciate everybody that hangs, hangs around comments, likes the videos, um, you know, humble by the support. Yes, sir. So absolutely keep the ideas flowing. You guys have anything that you would like us to discuss or, uh, you know, cover, put it in the comments. Let us know. All right. Also, the email, the Black Psychologist Podcast at gmail.com. Shoot us a line, shoot us some comments. We'll get to it. All right. So, Jay, first and foremost, it's June. So, outside of Father's Day and Juneteenth, June is also LGBTQ Pride Month. All right. And it wouldn't be any type of month where we observe something without the companies coming in and trying to capitalize on it. Right. (laughs) All right. So, Jay, are you a burger person? Do you like you like hamburgers? Definitely. All right. Well, well, I mean, I don't I'm I'm told I don't eat meat anymore, but I used to. Uh, Hamburgers are one of my favorite meals. Jay, I don't even know who you are, man. You on the on the healthy kick, bro. I I mean, I mean, listen, I'm still trying to be healthy, man. Like. So I don't eat meat, and then you know now now I'm stop. I gotta stop myself from eating fried fish so much. You know what I mean? That's my guilty pleasure now. But I don't eat meat, brother. What do you want me to tell you? This guy's showing off. All right, don't invite me to your barbecue, man. I can't, can't do <laughs> yeah, that. I can't. So you gonna that. be that guy if I invite you? You gonna be that guy? Like yo, what's up? I, with you? I'll be there. I'll be the guy that shows up with a a, a pan of uh, fried fish. Yeah, I'll take that. All right, so. Uh, I'm a meditarian. I'm I'm the polar opposite of where you are right now. Right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, like, listen, I am a, a meditarian. I love burgers. I went to a burger bash over the weekend, man. That's I saw my, that. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I don't play no games, bro. Listen, I'm, I'm on. I saw it. that. Yo, All one right? of y'all had a, a a bowl full of burgers, man. That was me. That was the, that's the take home. Was those were just sliders? Yeah, they just sliders from like different vendors. So it was like a burger contest. So it was like all these different vendors and restaurants. So, I mean, they didn't say that we couldn't take stuff home. So I came prepared. Oh, that was your own dish? Yeah, that was all mine. So I took that. Oh, home. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you greedy. They should have yeah, put you saying, up. Like, no, I took that home, bro. They should have <laughs> put you out. I, yeah. ate, I ate when I was there. And I'm like, oh, this is going to get me through the weekend. Right. That's that's like, that, man. Look, that's how I wrote. They didn't say no. So that's how I wrote. All right. Now, locally, I do enjoy a good Whopper. All right. From Burger King. All right. Burger King is, you know, throughout the years has remained consistent with their Whoppers. However, that used to be my work, meal. Whopper yeah. with cheese. Yeah, there you go. All right. However, they it appears that they misstepped recently. All right. So Burger King's new hamburger to celebrate Pride Month has caused quite a stir on social media and on the on Internet. All right. So the fast foods giant um, Austrian stores, OK, will be serving or started serving the pride whopper with the e turned into the rainbow flag okay so these burgers featured the classic sandwich with either two with two equal buns so that either means uh you could get it with two top buns right the sesame seed buns on both on Mm -hmm. top and the bottom or you can have the two bottom buns 
right? Okay. So now this was supposed to uh, signal the promotion of equal love and equal rights. All right. The, the top and the bottom. The two, yeah, equal. the two tops and the two bottoms, right? That's what that's what they were supposed to signal: equal love <laughs> and equal rights. All okay. right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So after it didn't go over well. All right. Clearly, it didn't go over well, and so they let out. Um, they issued a statement. Our strongest concern is if we offended members of the LGBTQ community with this campaign. Uh, if this is the case, we truly apologize. All right. Okay. All right. Now, I'm just going to tell you this. At first glance, I thought this was very strange when I saw it. Oh, right. I thought it was strange, too. That's what I'm looking at right now, the picture. Yeah. It, just uh, looks, it, was, it looks crazy. Yeah, this looks wild, right? It was very, I'm not very laughing because first... of, of the absurdity of yeah. it. Like, like yo. It's, it's wild, man. And I thought it was very, very strange when I first saw it, when I saw this promotion. And, um, you know, it this um, this is just an example of rainbow washing. And what I mean by that is that this is like the practice of when companies show like this surface level support for the LGBTQ community, right? With identifying people without like any specific action. Right. You just kind of throw an advertisement and throw like a rainbow on there. And there's no specific action that could actually like improve their lives. So like I'm, when I saw this, I'm like, well, is, is Burger King planning to like donate money made from the Pride Burger to like different LGBTQ organizations or to that, like the, to the community? Like, wh- what is this? You just you just throwing a rainbow up there and, you know, there's no specific like goal or intention like usually most companies like they'll show their support in june for like for pride month um like when they're celebrating their you know their history and the culture through like donating to the organizations or it's like it because it shows promise or they're like hey we have our commitment to improving um the representation within the corporate ranks right so that's typically how most companies will show or as far as they'll observe pride month not these guys like no we're just gonna we're just gonna give them two top buns or two bottom buns there you go and then we're gonna, i mean we're gonna rainbow wash the e first of all this was just strange i mean it was honestly if, if we're being honest like um it, it was just it's just cringy <laughs> you know what i mean that's why i was asking you because my biggest thing is like what was the goal right um, because number one, it's cringy for a variety of reasons <clears throat> that I'm not going to get into with the top buns and the bottom buns yeah, and all of that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason why it's cringy, it's not me reaching. It's the fact that, like, and again, one of the comments, I think it made all of the sense in the world. It said, fast food doesn't have to be a political statement, right? <laughs> so when I go to get Kentucky Fried Chicken, when I used to go get it, like, yo, I don't want, a picture of Bernie Sanders on my chicken box. You understand? <laughs> like be, I, I, I'm just being a rainbow. Flag. He might have a rainbow suit on next time. Around. Right. So I mean, there has to be a line somewhere. You know what I mean? Um, now you don't have to go Chick Fil A far. You know what I mean? But what I'm saying is that's a little joke. That's a little joke. But what I'm saying is, I'm just trying to figure out what the goal is, right? Because if you really want to support Juneteenth, if you really want to support LGBTQ community, if you really want to support like mental health awareness month, then donate to the to the cause 
causes that really like directly impact the people or go find a way that you can really support some of those people that are in a disadvantaged place, right? There are plenty of like mental health organizations that just cater to LGBTQ youth, right? There are plenty of organizations that just cater to African-American youth, Latinx youth, whatever your passion is, wherever your area is that you want to affect, um, you know, and they have millions of dollars, right? So how that turns into two top buns and two bottom buns and a rainbow wrapper, right? And Barry King keeping all the money. I don't know, right? So so I guess my only, my only question is, again, right, the same thing we was talking about the Juneteenth ice cream, you know, we'll kind of get back to that in another way in a minute. Um, it's, it's like representation, right? Because I'm sure that there's nobody, there was nobody in the room um, who identifies as LGBTQ, you know, who say, who could say like, listen, this isn't it. You know what I mean? Like, right. And, and that's where the companies mess up. Like they don't check well enough with the community members on these different interpretations, right? When they come up with ideas, even at the very most, if you don't have someone that's representing that particular community or population in the boardroom, which a lot of them don't, it's still like, okay, well, you know what? Why don't we do a survey, right? Let's do a focus group. Hey, we're thinking about doing this. And it's just like, Yo, yeah, they'll tell you straight up, like, nah, this isn't it. Like, nah, don't don't even go forward. And, you and that's all with the community. Right. And you're yo, you're exactly right. Cause listen, don't let them off the hook. I'm not saying you are, but I can't. It's just irresponsible. Yo, they're Burger King, they make billions of dollars, right? They take millions of dollars per year and put it away just for food spoiling, just for people suing them just for stuff breaking, just for lawyers, right? right. Like the maintenance of, of, of things, right? The billion dollar companies do that. That's what they do. That's what, that's part of the cost of doing business. So a couple of hundred thousand dollars, right? To get a, 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 a consulting company, right? That specializes, that knows these issues intricately and delicately and can counsel you through. No, this was just very lazy. This strikes me as a bunch of people that are sitting in a room again and think that they understand a, a community better than the people who make it up. So I ain't gonna spend too much time on it, but again, it's just another example. Burger King support for LGBTQ is same side buns on your burger. And here's, here's the thing, like as a burger enthusiast, man, like who wants to eat two sesame seed buns? Nobody. <laughs> Okay. Nobody does. I can tell you, listen, I've had many burgers from different places, different states. Nobody wants to have two sesame seed burgers. Nobody wants two bottom ends. It's just it's just strange. Nobody wants to do that. All right. It's it's just cringy, man. Cringy, cringy. But not to be outdone. Okay. The video game developer Halo uh, Infinite. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. They recently came under fire because they're like, listen, man, if Burger King is messing up pride stuff. We we got some we got something too. Okay, not we to do something too. Right. So they recently came under fire for rolling out a new nameplate to honor Juneteenth. That didn't go well. All right. So fans quickly became enraged with the customization that was named after an ape. All right. So the personnel at Three Forty Three Industries, who uh, are the the game developers, apparently thought it would be a good idea to title the nameplate a palette adding red, black, and green, the colorway to the player's username, Bonobo, okay, which is an endangered primate. 
Okay. So naturally, people were angry with the association of apes and Juneteenth. Right. Considering the racist, you know, discriminatory history between those words and, you know, the African-American community. All right. So Bonnie Ross, the founder and head of 343 Industries, says the nameplate was originally named Bonobo in reference to the developer tool. And they claim that it was an oversight on their end. Once they were made aware of the nameplate, they says, oh, it contained a term that was offensive and hurtful. So we immediately made the change to the nameplate. Said we're a studio and franchise that is committed to inclusivity where everyone is welcome and supported to be their true self. On behalf of 343, I apologize for making this celebrated moment a hurtful moment. There you go. What's uh, what's your take on that one, Jack? Uh, well, listen, they got to get right down there with Burger King, right? And the reason why I say this, like, Halo done sold 70 million copies, right? Over 6 billion hours of Halo gameplay has been logged. Halo is similar to a lot of other games where you can buy stuff, you know what I mean, all this type of stuff. You know, you can earn stuff, all of that. Generate over $5 billion in worldwide sales. So, again, if they're conscious, they're conscious enough Right to have Juneteenth on the calendar, right? Because they wanted to capitalize off of it. Right. Right. So they used and they're conscious enough to know that Juneteenth is uh, is salient to, you know, uh people who come from the African diaspora, right? Because they changed it to pan-African colors, right? But they weren't conscious enough to know that comparing us to monkeys or using a using a monkey avatar that day is not going to be um, received well, right? By their own users of the game, right? So again, you can't let them off the hook. No, you can't. The, the no. game made six, $5 billion. They have that at their disposal, right? So if it's that important, where you know it's that important, where you're going to make those changes in a game or allow that to be programmed in so that people can maintain interest, right? Then you gotta be don't you can't be lazy on the other part of it, right? It either has to be a, something that's deliberate, like ah, maybe we thought they're that stupid, so you know maybe we think this is funny, or you're just that oblivious. But either way, you're responsible. So they issued an apology, you know, and I mean, listen, I I, I think from you look at the timeline of this. You know, they look more clueless than anything. You know what I mean? Because as soon as the backlash came, you know, they apologized saying, you know, we, we're apology, apologizing that we made such a celebrated moment hurtful. You know, so I don't think it's something that you should dwell on forever. But I think it's, it's an embarrassment that they should definitely have to, you know, wear. And you got to be more conscious, man, because, again, I, I don't I don't know if this is representation. I you know I don't know you know because I you know these games get updated a lot, so I don't know you know exactly how that process goes. But I, I mean, again, it's it's, it's just kind of like you know a blindness, man. You know what I mean, and and just a lack of kind of um, awareness, you know, of how things are experienced by people. You know, um, my, my cool. question is. 
what is the motivation for these companies to do this? Like, what's the incentive? Like, I okay, I get like, I mean, I mean, do you think that by actually, okay, because we're in a certain month and we're observing this particular culture or we're observing this particular group of people, like, why do companies feel the need that they have to? Oh, well, you know, we, we have to do something, right? Let's let's celebrate Juneteenth. Let's let's do why? Like you're already making money throughout the year. You just mentioned, right? How many logging, how many gaming hours? Like, are you really, as we're talking about Halo, are you really going to make that much more money by, hey, you know what? Let's have a nameplate. Let's have, you know, part of the primary. Like, what, what, what's the difference? Like, I would really like to know, like, do they really think that, okay, are, are, are you going to get more, you know, African-Americans playing this game? When, if you do this, like, what... I'm really trying to figure out and understand what is the relationship and motivation to do this because you're making money. So one, you're, you're getting it wrong because like you mentioned, you don't have the representation in the boardroom. So you're already not doing your research or you just don't care, but it's just like, why, why can't you just continue to go through the month of June the same way how you went through the month of May, right? You, you didn't make, you didn't you didn't make a Mother's Day nameplate or some type of figure or or avatar. It's like why even jump out and say, hey, let's capitalize on this, and then you get it wrong, and now this is what you have to do. I mean, again, I just think this is again five billion dollars. You know, um, I think this is just about trying to engage that audience more, right? Um, and then just capitalizing, right? It's the same thing with the ice cream. With Walmart or whatever company that was, um, do I think that they thought they was going to like bring in more African American players? I doubt it's about that. I just think it's about you know ringing up the register, right? Um, because you know how in um, well, what's that game Fortnite? You know, you buy skins and all that stuff. You know, right. um, I'm sure that they just you know again they just see a way to cash in on it. You know. Um, and and that's the thing, right? Like we sell culture in this country, at least certain cultures, you know, um, are, are on the block in terms of being marketable. Other other cultures, you know, are off limits um, in terms of being marketed, especially in this type of way. Um, but, you know, you, you see the commercialization of like um, Cinco de Mayo kind of the same way, right? right. Um, so that's kind of the best, you know, um, you know, that's kind of like the best example I can come up with. And, you know, we just talked about, you know, um, Burger King. So I'm same seeing, thing. We're seeing epic fail after epic fail after continuous epic fail of all of these companies trying to be inclusive or, or trying to, like you said, monetize these, you know, these these celebrations regarding culture or for or a particular group. And it just fails. And you would think that, one, if you are going to do it, you would put some research into it, maybe check with the community. But every time they don't, it's just misstep after misstep. And it's just like, Yo. you know, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> get rid Yo, of I mean, but, but bro, like I'm going to say it, like we live in a capitalist country. It's OK to make money. It's OK to make money off certain holidays. It's OK to make money off, off certain communities. Right. You just got to do it the right way. Like I told you. Like, again, this is my humble opinion, but if you look at what Target did, right, and partnering with those uh, 17, 18, 19-year-old African-American and young entrepreneurs, creators of color, 
letting them put out their own T-shirts in Target. Who knows what the, the splits were? Who cares? The kids got the exposure. You know what I mean? They probably got some money out of it. Right. Like at least that's a collaboration. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. That's not slapping the way they went about it. That's not slapping a pan pan African colors on an African medallion and putting it on a shirt and selling it in Target. Right. So, again, not saying it has to be perfect, not saying that you have to do it the way I would do it. But, you know, there's, you know. There's an honest, a, a, an approach, an honest approach, and an disingenuous, disingenuous approach. You know? All right. So staying with the uh, entertainment field. All right. So last month, music artists Young Thug and Gunna were among 28 defendants that were charged with conspiracy and street gang activity under Georgia's Racketeer Influence and Corruption Organization Act, aka mm-hmm. the RICO Act. So s- spread throughout the 88-page indictment. Among the accusations of felony drug possessions were in with intent to sell, armed robbery, and murder, right? Or the details from Yuck Thunga's Gunna's music videos and lyrics that were actually cited as evidence of their alleged guilt in association with blood affiliated gangs. Um, so pretty much what's taking place is that the defense or the, or the prosecution is actually using the lyrics. From mm-hmm. Gunna and Young Thugs, uh, from their from their music and from their videos, right? They're actually even using the videos and saying that they're using that as evidence. So, Jay, um, let me ask you: When did rap lyrics become a part of a, like a Law and Order episode? Because by these standards, the same mm-hmm. lyrics that can be quoted by people of different ages and demographics that serve as like one of the many reasons why fans flock to a concert venue, right? To see their favorite artists. If this is the case, those same lyrics that attract audiences, those same words can be built to build the whole criminal case against them. Right. right. And so that's, that's the part that I'm really struggling with. Uh, and, and I really think it's nasty. It's a nasty tactic tactic in that like lyrics are a part of music, right? Right. Music is art. It's not always necessarily a reflection of reality of the artist or their state of mind at the time, right? So, yeah, I mean, as we're talking about hip-hop or rap, yeah, it's undisputable that the majority of the artists are drawing from real-life experiences, like, especially when they're writing their lyrics. Like, but in hip-hop, like in any other genre, like, it's, it's art. That's exactly what it is. And right. to have like the music videos actually referenced as a part of a Rico conspiracy um, and not entertainment purposes, like that's that's wild, man. Like I, I don't I don't like this is a um this is a nasty tactic, I think, that's been used. And this is not the first time that it's it's being used against um, you know, hip hop music artists, but I I don't like this not not one bit, man. I I don't listen, I'm gonna tell you this. Do I think it's a dirty tactic? Yes. Right? Do I agree with it in general? No. Right? But this is what I'll say. And this may not be a common, uh, uh, this may not be, this may not be an opinion that people may like. Right? But I think once again, it's like we hand people the rope and then we get upset when we get hung by it. Right? And what I mean by this is <clears throat> now we're going to conflate a couple of things, you know? 
But when we talk about social media, when we talk about IG, when we talk about like rap music and all that, right? It's not like back in the day. It is, but it's kind of not, right? Meaning like this. The, the perceptions of people have changed, right? Like back in the day, and I, I, I don't mean, I mean, I'm gonna date myself, right? But people used to want to keep their gangster quiet, right? People, they used to say in the same music that you're talking about, I do my dirt all by my lonely, right? Mm-hmm. That's what Tretch said, right? We're in a different era. We're in an era where I'm beefing with you, right? <clears throat> and I kill somebody that's close to you. I may call you on IG to taunt you, right? Yeah. That never goes away. It's a record. We're living in a we're living in an era where real life, I can be a rapper in real life and me, me and you could be beefing in real life and I could kill that same person and I'll put them in a song and be rapping about how I'm smoking on your homie, a pack of your homie. Am I correct or not correct? No, you're right. They're doing a lot of right. the, uh, the police work for them. Right. So this is my point. My homie told me a long time ago, right? He's like, yo, law enforcement, we used to tap people's phones. We used to follow them around. He's like, now we all we got to do is look at their Instagram because they tell it on themselves, right? You look at them boys, and I'm just using them as an example. Fulio and Young and Ace down in, down in Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Fulio got a song where... I mean, I, it's not me saying this all over the internet. He, he he naming 25 dead people that dead people in the name of the song is my dead ops. So when you do that, how can me and you really get up somewhere and really say, now they're using lyrics against them. It's just art. Like, yo, if you're Will Smith, yes, it's just art. Right? But But how can you expect a prosecutor not to use it if you're Claiming you 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 gangbanging, then I go on your phone and you with people that I know are gangbanging, and you have a record, and you and you out there with them, right? And you making records talking about you smoking people in packs. What do you think is gonna happen? I'm not saying it's fair, but what I'm saying is things get conflated. So you talking about and, I, and I'm, it's not a personal attack on you, but this case, gun, young, like Gunner. And Young Thug are just going to be, they're just low. I'm not saying they're low-hanging fruit, but they're about to make examples of them. And what I mean is, yes, they use the lyrics in the indictment, but but I don't want them to go to jail. But they're probably going to get smoked for a lot of time because they have informants, not because of the lyrics, because their own homies is telling on them. The lyrics, I get it. The lyrics in IG... It makes the indictment exciting, you know, because people are are looking at it and trying to connect it to real life. But, bro, at the end of the day, they locked up 26 people. You know what I mean? And when you lock up 26 people and you throw RICO charges at them, a lot of gangsters start telling. That's just the facts. So I think a lot of things get conflated because do I think art should be art? Yes. But I think we've handed them the rope with social media. So I want to know what you think about that, because I think I think there's a lot of conversations going on at the same time. You know what I mean? I see both sides of it. Right. So I see the aspect where, like you said, a lot of the work that police used to have to do, they don't have to do. Right. They can just go on IG. A lot of people are they're not the smartest criminals, unfortunately. Right. And I, I, I'm saying now is like, I mean, 
not to say criminals are smart. I'm not glorifying anything that they do or how they do it, but they're not very. What's the word? I uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna stick with smart. All right, they're not very clever in regarding keeping keeping a low profile. All right, and absolutely, there's definitely been a shift from how things typically used to be done in the past to where they are now. Um, I feel like, especially as we're talking about this case, they said what it was like 28 defendants, right? Yeah, it's going to be a race to the courthouse because you know, and I know they're not really going after the other defendants. They're going after nah. Doug and they're going after Gunner oh, because oh, that's yeah. going to make the name. That's who, that's who, oh, yeah. you know, the publicity, all the other different things, Georgia, that's the state of Georgia. That's who they're going to make the name off. Right. So absolutely. I believe that any music artist, you know, despite where you come from, and I know a lot of people are coming from lower SES, you have to be very selective. Right. I mean, you shouldn't be dipping in that. You shouldn't be playing both worlds anyway. But if you are, I mean, I, I, I that's something I struggle with. And maybe that's just because we're older is that we don't kind of come from the, the, the you know, the the getting dieted ig page the you know like this is a straight incriminate yourself type of situation now at the same time i don't feel like you know they should be able to use i think to us now i was gonna say to a certain extent but no because there's a double standard because it's a situation where you don't see it being used in other genres of music right you don't see that- it being used in and and rock, you don't see it being used in other different things because they do storytelling. They have lyrics where they say, "Hey, well, I may have trashed this hotel, or I did drugs, I'm getting high on such and such." Like you don't see it when other individuals and in other music genres when they have like their domestic charges, right? Because it pops up. You don't hear them bringing, "Oh, well, bro, this country song." Bro, are you really? Are you really? They listen, don't, bro. You are you don't really? Listen. You when know, is the last listen? This is when culture meets art, listen, and I, I'm not I gotta push back them. for you. Listen, I'm not protecting them, but you when is the last time you know you that ever when rock when when different rock no. people or class or country they get into trouble with yo. domestic violence, lyrics aren't brought up for whatever. Yo, you're losing. Let me let me tell you why you just lost credibility. Because name me one rock song or country song or any genre that you have ever heard with somebody who has charges for domestic violence has made a song about them and put the person's name in a song and said, yeah, I choked them. Yeah. Like, like this is where culture meets art in other, in other, in other genres, the culture isn't to, to put the person who you have problems with in real life and write about how you physically assaulted. Like, come on, man, this is out. This is something that is exclusive to hip hop culture, bro. And I'm, I, I, I will accept that, but we can't just, that's why I said the argument is being conflated because people are saying art is art, art is art. And people are, and everybody is, is bringing up these other genres. But what we conveniently miss is what is present in this genre that's not present in the other genres. Factors are important. No, deaf, unfortunately, we are the only culture, we're the only music group that we celebrate deaf in so, that type of manner. Bro, you know, oh, okay, I'll take, it another, I'll take it a step further. And, and, and you're not responsible for everything. So I'm just asking you what you're aware of. Go but ahead. in what other genre are you aware of people implicating themselves in crimes? No, we're the only ones that do that a lot. Yeah. So, bro, like, we're not police officers, but if people are implicating themselves in crimes, 
right? And swearing to you up and down that they're criminals. Why wouldn't I follow the breadcrumbs? It would be the easiest psychological evaluation I ever wrote. Let me ask you this though. What is So I'm not saying it's right, but we're giving them the rope and they're complaining. No, we're not um you know, like no, we're not doing ourselves any favors. But let me ask you this. What about you know a lot of artists despite what they'll say in interviews and in front of people, they don't even write or perform their own lyrics, right? Yo, so if, so what if it's a situation, somebody else is writing, and I'll just use Young Thug or Gunner's situation. Okay. I don't know these gentlemen. I don't, you know, I'm familiar with some of their music, but I'm not, I'm, you know, what if they didn't write those lyrics though, right? Okay. What if it was like they homie that's like, yo, this would be fire if you put this in there. See, bro, I get it, but what you're doing right now is you're taking an outlier. Right, because who went to jail for Rico charges? Right, Takashi Six Nine, Bobby Schmurder and them. I'm not sure if it was Rico. Right, right. Um, Young Thug is on a Rico. Right, YFN Lucci is in a Rico. Everybody I just mentioned is gang involved, and there was informants. This isn't this isn't a CB4 situation because because and this is why I say everybody has the same argument that you have, but it has no teeth to me because I just mentioned four people. Right. I just mentioned four people. Tell me the rapper that was just that is sitting in jail, ate a Rico charge because Takashi six nine told. Right. So so tell me the, the rapper who is who fits the profile that you're talking about that got charges. There is none. Because, because you on that. Right. That's my and that's my point. And, and again, I'm not sitting here trying to be Mr. Law and Order. But what I'm saying is. We can't have it both ways. We can't say, yo, I'm a gangbanger. Look on my IG, it's there. Look at my record, right? Check my history, right? This is who I'm with, and I'm killing my ops in the song, right? We can't say, we can't have it that way. And then when they come get you, they take everything that you just said, right? Up there with DJ Vlad and hang you with it. You talking about, oh, no, it's just art like Langston Hughes. No. It's not art like Langston Hughes. Like, come on, bro. Now, now today, Will Smith gets indicted for something that his homie wrote. You then talk to me, <laughs> but come, but stop playing everything you're talking about. And again, it might be people that disagree with me, but what my rebuttal to them would be: it's not the lyrics that's going to get these dudes twenty-five to thirty years. It's their own homies that's pointing at him and saying, "Nah, he's the leader." He was the one that put the money on his head. He was the one that gave us the guns. Read the indictment. Like I said, if, it's going to be the if, race to the courthouse. Those if, be anything, if anything, they're using the lyrics to connect real life crimes. They're like, yo, uh, uh, Mr. Brown died. And then you said Mr. Brown died in the song. So, so you're going to stand up there and, and say, and, and beat the drum and say that they, you're being persecuted? I'm not. You crazy as hell. You gonna stand up there and say and say they Langston Hughes? <laughs> Yo, they got informants, dog. Stop it. If you wanna do dirt, do it by yourself. So you're saying the explicit detail that they're giving. Yo, on, on, honestly, there's a bigger lyrics. issue here, and I and I would like to ask you this because this comes right. down to a psychological issue. Right. The bigger issue here is you have people who are millionaires, right? who the allure of the streets is so strong, right? 
Young Thug and Gunner, they they be on Paris on Fashion Week, right? They 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 involved in a whole class in a world that some of us will never experience, right? Yep. But the allure of the streets and the approval. We're not talking about helping people because you can help people from anywhere in the world, right? So the approval is so strong that that they had to stay in the city, and it's alleged that they behave that they're behaving like mob bosses. So what is it about that psychological pull, right? That wanting to belong, right? That is so strong, right? Because right now. I'm sure they feel differently, right? But what is it about that wanting to belong that you that you cannot let go, right? Because we we've seen this before. This isn't nothing new. We've seen this before. FBG it's... Duck, FBG Duck in Chicago just got killed, right? And a month before, he had signed a million dollar deal, and he was talking about, "I ain't never gonna leave." DJ Vlad was like, "Yeah, you sure?" Everybody gets killed. He's like, "Nah, I ain't gonna leave." And you see what happened. So what is it about the allure that makes being a mob boss so important? Because you can help people from across the world. I think it's a couple of things. It's uh, one is the reward factor. Right. If you if you're coming across because that's that's what's getting it right now. Right. The drill, the different types of things. If you're showing that I'm affiliated, I'm rolling with this, I'm smoking on my eye, so on and so forth. They're getting rewarded with the views. They're getting rewarded with the show. They're getting rewarded with all the likes, all the so on and so forth. So, you know, right there, if I'm being constantly rewarded, my behavior is going to increase. Yeah. The other situation is the other factor is that there are satisfying consequences in it. So what's taking place? They're getting away with it. And, you know, and I know if someone's receiving satisfying consequences, that behavior is also in, in, is going to increase. It's going to happen more frequently. So we know in any of these type of RICO charges, this isn't something they got overnight. Right. This is something they've been watching. They've been allowing them to continue to you know go forward. Like you said, it's probably an informant involved. So when you have those two factors that you're constantly being rewarded, you get money, you get all these different things because, oh, yeah, he's real. He's so on and so forth. And then like, oh, yeah, well, I can continue my criminal activity if that's what's taking place. I don't know these gentlemen. You know, they haven't been, you know, um, you know, uh, found guilty of anything. But if that's what's taking place, if you're living in both worlds and you're doing so on and so forth, they're going to continue to go forward. They're not going to say they're not going to think logically or in their wise mind and say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm up. I'm blowing up. It's time for me to separate myself and kind of go into this life. Right move to a different environment, so on and so forth. Because again, they're allowing that outside influence to be like, oh, you fake, you're a sellout, so on and so forth. But they're continuing to go forward in this manner. So if they're not getting any type of consequences that they find will be unsatisfactory, they're going to continue to move forward. And, you know, they don't have that. Unfortunately, they don't have that long-term insight of, okay, like you said, the dude to ask him, like, you sure you don't want to leave? Like, nah, nah, I'm good. I'm. This is all such and such. I mean, all I'm saying is, and I, this is not me, I'm preaching to the choir, but it's a pattern at this point, right? Young Boosie, uh, uh, Lil Boosie said it the best way, right? He was like, most rappers get killed in their own city, right? right. Nipsey Hussle, all these people are a prime example. And we're students of hip hop, so let's not <clears throat> get it twisted. In order to kind of make it in hip hop nowadays, like, you have to have a gang affiliation. And you have to be really be about that gang affiliation. 
It's not the, the era, if you ask me, the era that you was talking about is over. There's, there's, there's nobody that's out there and then representing what they were, and it's not real. If they are, then they the bag and they got real people behind them. You know what I mean? So, and my only point is that there's a cost that comes along with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And again, we can talk as much as we want about the circumstances around it, you know, but the people don't, the surface, it's the surface things that people love. They love the music, right? They love the culture of the gangs. They love the people crip walking. They love to watch it on videos, but up close, there's a lot of things that go on that people, people because they're not close to it, they don't have to stomach it, right? And that's, that's, that's a different world. So when you look at it from that other, other world, then that's the world the prosecutors and them is looking at it like because they, they see it differently. They see it as gang culture being promoted. So they're going to latch on to that. That's all I'm saying. So I, again, I just think there's a bigger issues that we need to talk about in terms of why, where, where is the allure, you know, when you've made it that far, not to help, not to, but what is being alleged is that all of these people are acting. I'm not really talking about Nipsey Hussle, but we're talking about, they acting like my bosses. That's what gets rewarded. You know, yeah, what, well. did, what did Jay say? He said, uh, when I was talking to Instagram, last thing you wanted was your picture snap. Well, listen, man, I ain't mad. Yo. So you speaking of that? Jay, um, he said uh, the use of rap lyrics was recently taken up in, uh, in the New York Senate where legislation backed by artists like Jay-Z and Meek Mill was passed last went um, a few Wednesdays ago, about three or four weeks ago, limiting prosecutors from using rap lyrics as evidence. So it's up for vote in the state assembly. So. Uh, the bill has been co-sponsored by some of the New York state representatives and uh, that they're trying to limit prosecutors from using rap lyrics in court as alleged evidence. And unless there the judge determines that there is rebutable or uh, presumption that there is a clear and convincing evidence that the lyric has factual nexus linking it to an alleged crime. So we shall see. But, you yeah. know, I don't know. I, again, it's, it's a lot of the lyrics are uh, let's get indicted hotline and, and let's implicate ourselves. I don't understand. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> I don't, I don't, Yo. I don't understand. Listen, you know, don't know man. all right. So speaking of crime, Jay, what if I told you that you could dramatically reduce the crime rate without resorting to coercive policing incarnation? What, what would you say? And furthermore, let me add you. I would tell you lying. Okay. Furthermore, what if I even added, right, that you could actually avert a serious crime, a robbery, or even a murder just by shelling out a dollar fifty. <laughs> right? That sounds too good to be true, right? Yeah. Well, maybe not. There was a program called the Sustainable Transformation of Youth in Liberia, in which it offered men that were at high risk for violent crime eight weeks of cognitive behavioral therapy, which is also known as CBT, which has adapted this this strategy to deal with issues like violence and crime. All right. So in this program, in this initiative, uh, the folks were meeting with a counselor in groups of around like 20 and the men would practice uh, specific behavioral changes like managing anger, exerting and um, and exerting self-control. They would also rehearse 
trying on a new identity uh, connected to unconnected to their past behavior, like changing their clothes, haircuts and working to integrate them into more mainstream society through like community sports or banks and other different ventures. All right. So to formally study just how effective this program was or how it could be, they decided to run a big randomized trial of uh, with 999 of the most dangerous men in Liberia, right? And they were recruited on the street. So these 999 Liberian men were split into four groups. Some received CBT, while others got $200 in cash. Another group um, got received CBT plus cash. And finally, there was a control group that got neither. After a month of this intervention, right? The both both the therapy group and the therapy plus cash group were showing positive results. A year after the intervention, the positive effects on those who got therapy alone had faded a bit, but those who got therapy plus cash were still growing and still showing huge impacts. Crime and violence was down about 50%. 10 years later, he tracked down the original men from the study and reevaluated them. And amazingly, right? The crime and violence was still down about 50% in the therapy plus cash group. And it was estimated that there were about 338 fewer crimes per participant over the two years. I mean, over the 10 years. So given that it had cost $530 per participant to implement the program, that works out to be $1.50 per crime avoided. Boom. All right. Thoughts about that? Um, well, I wanted to ask you first what, what you thought about the program. I, I mean, I, I have some thoughts, but I want you know some. Um, well, so what I I took out of it. Um, one, I'm I'm happy that you know there's some empirical evidence uh, supporting this initiative. Well, one, I think you have two hundred dollars that incentivizes you to participate, right? Right. Which a lot of people are absolutely going to participate. Um. With that, you're also learning the new skills and alternative choices, right? So they talked about how they took them, they gave them haircuts, they gave them clothes. Um, They're also teaching them how, you know, how to manage their anger, exerting self-control. So what I think the $200 is, right? And I'm not sure how, like, how it was distributed, whether it was, like, per session or whether it was, like, in one lump sum or or however. It doesn't really go into that in the the article. Um, But it's almost like you come for the money. And then you leave with beneficial information and skills. Right. Right. And that's what the goal is. It's like, okay, let's get them in. Like whatever incentivizes somebody to actually join the program. Okay. You get the money and then you learn some things on the way. And I think that's when you're talking about, especially like with, with crime, right. Or any like these impoverished areas or a lower SES. I think one of the big things is that people will always put out like this general statement of, Oh, well, we want them to stop doing crime. We want people to stop doing drugs. We want people to stop stealing cars. We want them to stop doing all this, right? But I think they, uh, what a lot of people fail to realize or take in consideration is that what are you offering these individuals, right? What's the alternative? You can't say, hey, come off the street. Don't sell drugs. Don't carjack. Don't do all these other different things. And you're not going to provide them an alternative. Right. So. What the $200 is, and I don't know what the cost of living is in Liberia or what that was at that particular time, 
But if you're giving someone $200, you're actually providing an alternative for maybe what they would have done in regards to like illegal activity. So, all right, they get the $200. Now they can actually do something with that, right? Or maybe they can get something for their family, right? It's actually providing an alternative for them with that $200. So now I don't have to go out and do the street activity, or maybe I don't have to do it as much because I have this $200. So that's kind of like it's buying time. In addition to, I came here for the $200, but while I'm here, in order for me to continue to get more or continue to get the payment, I have to participate in these groups and these interventions. So you got a couple of different factors that are taking place that are benefiting them, especially with the therapy plus cash group, is that you're actually helping them sustain their lifestyle or whatever responsibilities with that money, and they're getting information. So that's typically what people tend to forget when they just throw out these blanket statements of, oh, don't don't do drugs, come off the streets. We need to stop all this violence. We need to stop this. But like, what's the alternative you're you're presenting people that don't have any money? They're like coming from these lower SES. Um, you know, so I think that's the thing. Like it's buying time and you're providing you're helping to help them reduce their activity as an alternative. Why, you know, that will generate the money that they would do by obtaining the crimes. Okay. Um I don't necessarily disagree. Um, I, I got I look at it two ways, though. I think this is a good idea. Uh, mm-hmm. First, I'm going to just say that I think it's a great idea because I think it addresses two needs that people might have. Right. It provides them with some income, which could be a need for people. I'm not saying it's the biggest amount of money, but it's something like a stipend. Right. People right. can take care of basic needs transportation, food, $200 can go a lot, a long way when it comes to those things. And then you're giving them a third, uh, 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 you're giving them, you know, fulfilling another need, right? Um, so people, like you said, people will come for the money in one hand and leave with something else, right? And I have a question for you because, you know, my mind just starts spinning after I start reading this article. Um, again, I thought it was, positive because it fulfilled those needs. Um, but I think where, where this kind of format can make the biggest impact is like, if we make it on a, like, like say we took this program. All right. I don't want to jump ahead. Right. They were talking about this in Chicago. Right. Yeah. And they were talking about so far as had limited effects. Right. And again, I hope that, you know, kind of the numbers turned around, but I, I think there's some differences. Number one, they did this in Liberia. We're in the United States. There's some distinct cultural differences. Specifically, when you start talking about Chicago, there's a Chicago has a very high murder rate, right? right? And now I'm just suspecting, right? But we're talking about a program that's provided people with therapy and a, a, a monetary incentive, right? But in this, in, in the Liberia uh, experiment, they kind of saw crime go down, right? But in an area like Chicago where the murder rate is so high and, and, and the history of violence goes back so long, right? Mm-hmm. Where you have people that are being killed and it's a personal thing. This type of program to me isn't going to have as big of an effect in an environment like that. You understand? Because you're dealing with people who view themselves as in a war, right? It's just my opinion about a certain segment of people. But what I do think it can make a bigger impact, like community-wide, right? When you're talking about people who have been co- victims of community violence, not people who are just classified as criminals, 
right? Because a criminal element has a different mindset, if you ask me. Now, if you're just talking about people who are living in the neighborhoods with the criminals, and you can offer mom and grandma and, and dad, right? $200 stipend and $25 stipends for, for you to bring you and your kids for therapy, family therapy, CBT. We got food, we got games. Now, now people are, now you're providing families with a stipend and they're, they're getting the treatment, you know, that they normally wouldn't get for lack of insurance, for lack of access, all of those things. So that's where I think it can make a bigger impact. Um, again, when you... They're, they classify these people as criminals, not me. You know what I mean? And I just get a different idea in my head when you say criminal, criminal. You understand what I mean? Like, I, I, I just look at it, I get a different perception. So, yeah, I, think they I don't know. To, what do you think? I, um, I believe they have to specify regarding criminal activity. If you're talking about Chicago, if you're talking about Philly, if you're talking about Newark, yeah, right. if you're, you you got to specify what criminal activity. I don't think, I don't believe a program like this is going to reduce the murder rate. Right. Not, not in this area, because like you right. said, a lot of different factors. Right. Now, if you're talking about possible maybe drug distribution, eh, I think you would have to modify the stipend, right? Because again, you can't tell somebody to come off the block if you're not going to get, well, what are you giving me that's going to give me money? Right. Yo, bro, <laughs> you're not, but that's so, why I say, you know criminal. what I mean? Like, you gotta, you, yeah, you gotta modify, you have to have a target population, right? Of, right? Or whatever criminal activity you're trying to reduce. I think, like, if distribution, possibly, um, maybe drugs, other different, like, kind of street, other different, maybe prostitution, possibly, I don't know, right? It has to be, I think, a specific type of criminal activity that you're trying to reduce <laughs> and you have it has to be more than two hundred dollars yeah and, I, and I saw, <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. it has to be adapted you would have to adapt it to whatever the cost of living of like okay what's gonna be enough enough of an amount to incentivize okay let's get somebody off the corner i'm just using these as examples we're talking about like Good. drugs or like prostitution and say hey if we use prostitution it's like okay whatever you're making on average per night we're going to provide you with that and you can come and get therapy and all this stuff too. Like it has to be, you know what I mean? Susceptible or has to be able to alleviate what's they're going to be able to, in order for that program to incentivize and work. So that's what I'm thinking. Like if you want it to work in, in these type of metropolitan areas and city specific crime, and it has to be comparable to what that they're making in order for, to get them to buy in. I agree with you. That, that's why I started off. And I didn't mean to sound like heartless, but that's why I started off saying what I said, because they're talk they classified the people that they're targeting as criminals. And my thing is like, yo, two hundred dollars again, somebody that's hustling or making money, whatever prostitution, drugs, two hundred dollars is not going to be enough to get somebody to put down the hustle. But now if we're talking about giving a two hundred dollar stipend monthly to people that are already incarcerated. Right to go get therapy, I'm on board all over again. But for me, this very much seems like, not saying it, it, it could be most effective with high risk populations. So we're talking about like, again, mom, grandma, dad that has eighth graders, ninth graders that are, you know, starting to show those risky behaviors, right? And it's like, okay, 
let's get a program in place. Let's put a little money in their pocket. Bring it so that there's, you know, so that they ain't worried about the stigma coming here on a Thursday or Friday, you know, and then we'll get them the therapy through the back way. You know what I mean? Like, like or, they coming for the money and we give them this. Or um, you're saying, like you said, if say, just for example, if you're talking about the, the prison population, if you have individuals that are being released, right? And I feel like something like this could cut down or maybe reduce recidivism because it's like, okay, like you're giving right? the money, come, you get money, therapy also, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that, if like you're giving the folks that are trying to get back on their feet and you're using that also say, hey, to help you adjust or get adjusted to this, we're also offering treatment and we're also offering money as a, and you know, as motivation. Yeah. So I think for that, like I said, it has to be very specific. And you also, again, $200, I don't even know if you can do that per month because what is that going to, you see what I mean? Like well, it, it well, has to be adjusted to the cost of living and what you're going to offer somebody. I mean, yeah, there are going to be plenty well, of people that will sign up for $200 a month, but it's like, if you really want, you're going to have to adjust that to what possibly could, you know, really but, get somebody but think, I agree with you, though. But, but think about, I agree with you totally. And the reason why, the reason why I say that is, think about this concept. Like, if me and you had a nonprofit and we had a grant, right, that was willing to pay us to do the therapy, pay the person the $200, let us say it's $250 a month. Right. You got to go to, but, but these are the stipulations, right? You got to make every session unless you're sick. Yeah. Right? So that breaks down to every session that you go to, you're getting, uh, well, every two sessions, you're getting $125, right? But part of the stipulation, obviously, is going to be, think about it, somebody who's been released, right? There are things that we know could help somebody survive, right? Life skills classes, right? Um, um, a GED classes, if they don't have, if they don't have them. a job, employment, right? mental health services, right? But it's hard a lot of times to keep people connected to those services because it's like, once I start working, I don't have time to do all that shit anymore, right? So this is kind of, okay, I'm working at this job, it's not paying me as much, you know what I mean? But but that 250 or whatever could help help the ends meet a little bit more. No, you good. know what I mean? Listen, people will come out, I listen, man, people will come out for 50 to $100 for donating plasma. You and you give me? people, so you people give people will... options like, yo, right. you can get your money after you can delay, get your money after 60 days. You can get your money after 120 days. So you can wait and get a thousand dollars in four months. You can get five hundred dollars. Then it starts looking to people yeah. like, OK, and I just got to go to therapy. Yeah, I just got to go to these skills class. I just got to do this. So, right, so it could work, you know, like we're talking about again, I, I believe we're talking about like um what was it that pre-mac principle? I think. Yeah. The now they were, they're talking about yeah, high you're reinforcing a high probability with you know a lower probability behavior with a higher probability behavior. Yeah, right? that's the highest probability behavior ever is going to get your money, right? A- absolutely. <laughs> Everybody show up on payday, right? So, yeah, so talk, you yeah, show up re- on payday and you stay, you know, for for your session. No, this is a good initiative, um, and I'm happy. Like again, they got the empirical information behind it. To that would support it just has to be readjusted and adapted to them right we shouldn't have put that idea out we shouldn't have put that idea out um on the show man we're gonna sorry, do that. Trademark. We're gonna, don't, don't, don't do it we'll come and find you we'll we're gonna work on that grant later listen hey man 
<laughs> All right, Jay, anything uh, before we get out of here? We talked about a lot, especially with the month for June going on. What's anything else? Yeah, um, you know, just again, I just want to thank everybody who takes the time, you know, to uh, watch us, you know, have a healthy debate. Um, again, always appreciate my man, you know, for being the captain of the ship on the show, um, you know, navigating us uh, beautifully every week. So I want to thank you for that, my brother. Yes, I want sir. to thank everybody uh, who takes the time to listen. Um, I'm always humbled uh, that, that people take the time to listen every week. Um, so the one thing we'll always do is try to be prepared with good content, um, provide you a little bit of mental health and popular culture and news all in one. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And don't forget to shop mentalhealthclothing.com. All right. They always. got that good fit over there. And you're prioritizing your mental health. Don't forget. That's right. Prioritize your mental health. Always. Absolutely. All right, Jay. Till next time. Wishing you and everybody else good mental health. All right, bro. Later. All right, man.